Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. Hello, my darling. Hello, my lover. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss, why don't you? You set my heart on fire. Okay, wait, I gotta film it. Tell me what to do. Oh. Boom, boomerang. Boomerang. Oh, I like the black look. It's night mode. Oh. We're talking about Instagram. Okay, <laughs> Darla's getting on the light. Jesus. The Jesus can, can Jesus face me, please? Jesus, can you light my fire? And then what do I do? Do I press hold it down? Fu- press the fucking button. Just press it once? What are you, new to f- cell phones? Just press it once. Ooh. How'd that look? That looks cool. Sweet. <laughs> Great. Okay, we got to make Rebecca proud. Rebecca's not here tonight, but we're we're riding solo. Careful, don't hit the Uh-oh. not record button. Imagine, record. imagine we didn't actually record it. We'd do the whole episode and not record it. We got our disco lights on tonight, and we got the regular lights off and the disco lights on. It's and a we're party. Having a party. It's a party in here. And we're drinking. A little bit of white. We're back on the white claw. Raspberry flavored. It's actually really good. I don't mind it. Cheers. Cheers. Happy White Claw Monday. Happy White Claw Monday. Anything's a thing if you give it a name. That's true. <laughs> like send it Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Oh, I just had something to say. Oh yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> that was what. That's what you forgot to like introduce. <laughs> Welcome back to Radio Face Stories, the podcast. Where we tell you stories that'll keep you laughing all night. <laughs> I'm Kezia. I'm Darla. And that's what's up. Yeah. Okay, why don't you start us off? Okay, I I actually have a confession. Oh. <laughs> I think I killed Emery Sea Monkeys. <gasps> like, all of them. Oh, no. I know, and I feel like... I don't know why I'm looking at my notebook. I didn't write this story down. Um, <laughs> I... I did okay. We started off strong. We got bottled water. We did all the things. Did you just get them? Yeah, she got them and killed them in the same. Like they're supposed to take five days to hatch. So I saw some actually hatched, and then you're supposed to feed them on the fifth day. Uh And it comes with with like a little tiny. Okay, sea monkeys. Does anybody remember what sea monkeys are? Yeah, they are like little tiny, like floating things, but they're alive floaties. They look like like backwash that is alive. Yeah. And this backwash, you have to feed it on day five, not day four, not day six, but it's very s- specific. Yeah, they have to ha- they take a certain amount of days to have a day to chlorinate. I don't know if that's right. And then four days to hatch, and then you feed them. And the package came with a little spoon that had like the just the tiniest little cup that you would measure the food. Well, I fucking threw out that spoon accidentally. I think I recycled it. I don't know. So Wait, I thought, why though? Because it was like I remember when I was cleaning up all the packaging, I just saw this yellow stick thing, and oh. I thought it was just part of the op- 
the packaging. I didn't think it was part of it. And I remember just getting rid of it all <laughs> six days ago. Yes. So I can't find it. Anyway, so I thought, I thought, whatever, I can eyeball a tiny bit. So I poured a tiny bit into my palm and put it in there. And I'm like, good. Like, that seems fine. And then I looked the next day and I couldn't see any of the little floaters. So I'm like, maybe they need more food. <gasps> so this time I kind of just free poured it gently. And I dumped, like, the whole fucking package into the thing. Whoopsie. And the, all the water went, like, yellow. Murky. Yeah, murky yellow. And I haven't seen any floaties wiggle at all since. They're all dead. I've killed them all. Oopsie. It says if you put too much food in, it suffocates them. What kind of creature is this? That's so weird. So That's she, the woof of the day. Oh, fuck's sakes. She hasn't noticed. I, I mean, I guess... It's on me. She hasn't noticed? No, she hasn't noticed. Are they're, they in her bedroom? No, they're up. They have to be facing a north. They have to be near a north facing window. So they're the only window that works. So it doesn't get direct sunlight is the one by the TV. So she hasn't noticed yet. So what are you going to say when she notices? Like, ah, you know, you can't win them all. It's one of the stories. Well, I guess you could get more. Are they like two I really, bucks. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't want more. It's it's just another thing to kill in the house. That's like, true. It's you stressful. guys have killed enough animals throughout your cool. life. <laughs> That's I'm that's Tessie's attempt at joking. I'm joking. Darla had. Do you remember your hedgehogs? Darla had hedgehogs, more than one. Okay, because a no, couple no, 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 of no. them had died. That's in the, you're telling the story. And you had a newt. He died too. And he lived a long. They things die. I oh I he know. lived a long time. I didn't kill him. <laughs> I know the you hedge, didn't kill okay, him. The first hedgehog, he was faulty. He was a faulty hog. And he. He died like a t- like a day or two after I got him, and I was devastated. We even took him to the vet and was like syringe feeding him by the fire. To ma- yeah, and he died, and that's the one that was in the freezer for a long time. Remember? Yeah, in the Dairy Queen box. Yeah, he was in a Dairy Queen box. Well, that's because he got stuck in the box in the oh. bed. Like there was no food in the box, but that's where he was until I wanted to bury him at our, at our cabin at Horn Lake, mm. and it just never happened. So he lived in the freezer in a Dairy Queen, but his body was in the freezer. He didn't live in there. <laughs> For a long, long time. Anyways, then the next guy, he was really vicious, and so we didn't keep him. We took him back right away, and the third guy lived a long time until he passed away. Like, Yeah, I um, know. I am not. I never said you killed you them. You literally said you've I'm... killed a lot of animals, this family, or something <laughs> okay, like sorry, that. Okay, sorry, take it back. You didn't kill a lot of animals. A lot of You've had a lot of strange little critters in your life that have all passed away when their time has come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, yes, <laughs> including... 74 sea monkeys just recently. Seven. Please rest. I don't know. There's a whole fucking bag of powder of eggs. There's oh, a bunch of them. Wow. I suffocated them all. Whoopsie. So I had the best weekend of my life. Well, that sounds promising. <laughs> <laughs> I went I went on a snowboard getaway weekend with Whitney. Whitney, who was a guest Whitney, who of was the our pod? guest. Yeah, we went, uh, and her roommate came. We went to um, the secret be- Vancouver Island's best kept secret. I'm not going to say the name because we're trying to keep it a secret. Actually? Yeah. That's kind of cool. And it and it snowed a lot. And um, I just want to shout out the Wolf Pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a group of people that we met that were so rad. And Bonnie said it was okay to have like 10 friends outside. Yeah. So we didn't break any rules. We had a, I think we had an eight pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally had like the best snow day of my entire life yesterday. That's so it cool. It was insane. And yeah, I just want to thank everybody that was a part of that amazing weekend. I love you guys. You know who you are. 
you look happy and refreshed. I needed that. You have a real good energy about Thank you today. You. Well, you know, it, it all came from that, from, the, from the snow gods. I, um, I have a question for you. Go ahead. This is a question that, that has been just on my mind for a while, and it's really bothering me. <laughs> um, is cereal a soup? Pardon me. Listen to me and think before you answer. <laughs> is cereal a soup? No. Why? It's cereal. Okay, but why is it? Because soup's hot. Ah, I knew you were going to say that, so I actually Googled cold soups. Do you want to hear some of them? Oh, <laughs> you jerk. Gazpacho okay, is wait. a chilled soup. Wait, wait. There's a Swedish fruit soup. It can be served hot or cold. It's so, made of fruit? I don't so know. So it's a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of a hot smoothie? No. But it says it can be hot or cold. Okay, so fun. Gazpacho is a chilled soup. Okay. Okay. So is cereal a soup? No. Why? Because soups, okay, In my brain is saying that soups have different bases. And it's, you know, it's made from There is cream-based soups. Where cereal is generally only served with milk. But uh, mushroom soup is a milk-based, a cream-based soup. Mushroom soup has... Is nothing like milk. It's mushroom soup. Okay, let's look up the definition of soup. Soup definition. I got it here. Okay, I've got definition of cereal. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Read definition. Soup. A liquid dish typically made by boiling meat, fish, or vegetables, etc. in stock or water. I said that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Okay, a b- cereal is a breakfast food that I think... I mean, I wouldn't eat soup for breakfast normally. But if you're a night shift worker... But some people what eat is? cereal for dinner. My dad eats cereal at night. Yeah. Okay, fine. A breakfast food made from roasted grain, typically eaten with milk. Typically eaten with milk. Thank you. Okay. Here, I oh, write someone has sh- asked on Google, is cereal a soup? S- a soup is a liquid food made by boiling or simmering meat. So to answer the burning question, based on dictionary.com, cereal does not count as a soup. Well, Thank- who the fuck are you, dictionary.com? Well, the internet always wins that's kind of true all right well thanks for clearing that up i feel a lot better <laughs> oh um did we get any more fan emails this week oh i think Do-do. oh yes just now actually that was weird uh, why don't you check it you should check it this time okay i'll check it this time this one comes from our friend vicky from calgary Bird. um she actually sent us a pirate joke <laughs> to add to our book let's of hear pirate it. jokes let's hear it what do pirates use to cut paper. I don't know. Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> that will fit in perfectly with your other pirate jokes. Thank you for that, Vicky. That's a good one. <laughs> um, also, Vicky is going to be doing a logo for us. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Actually. Very, very, very excited. She's very talented. Yeah. And she's um, she's funny just like us. And she laughs at all our <laughs> stupid jokes. So she fits right in. So shout out to her. For that, anything else, Dar? Oh, um, let me see here. Killed sea monkeys ask if what <laughs> cereal is a soup. Nope, that's it for me on my list. <laughs> I think that's it for me, too. <laughs> oh, I have another thing. Go ahead. I almost <laughs> forgot because I didn't write it on my list. Is it a burp? I have a gift for you. Oh, what? It's not a real, it's not, just don't get too excited. Is it a burp? Wait a minute, that's I, not, I touched that's all this shit. No. What do you have for me? I have a gift for you. Um, We talked about this last episode, and we said we would look into it. Do you remember? 
Based on your blank expression, I'm going to guess no. Wait, so, what was the last episode about? <laughs> the Sasquatch. Uh, Sasquatch. Do you oh. remember what we were going to look into? We are going to look into getting um, John as a guest? Uh, yeah, that's not it. Okay. <laughs> we were going to look into baby Sasquatches. Yeah, which I did, and I posted on our Instagram. That is correct. Okay, we were going to look into... Um, For the record, there is no baby Sasquatches. Continue. Okay. Um, Nothing? Casting. Plaster casting. I didn't look into okay, that. Okay, no. I Clearly, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> what? Kokanee? <laughs> There's kokanee beer. I got you a six-pack of kokanee. You got me a six-pack. Well, the six-pack, we'll have, the have glacier three. beer. Let's share it. We'll have three each. Okay, uh-huh. so look for the Sasquatch. You might need to turn the real lights on now. Okay, one sec. We'll turn off the party lights for a minute. So I remember they were always in a different place on the mountain. Oh, I see him. Is he there? I see him, but I don't know. Is he in the same spot on yours? Uh, he's kind of hard to see. He's not in the snowy bits. He's in the mountainy bits. The mountainy bits. Oh, no, he's in the snow for me. Oh, let's see. He's right here. Whoa. Something's he's right never there changed. For me. You know what? This makes me feel good. It's nostalgic. Let's see if they're all different. Where is he in yours? Park. In the mountain. Oh, I see him. He's doing Do his you? little dance thing. Okay, now this one he's not he's not in the snow or the mountain. This makes a really good podcast. He's that's the same one he's in the snow. Anyways, you know what really though? This just tells us that yes, the Sasquatch is still hidden on the Kokanee cans. We did the research and uh We solved a mystery. Yeah, that's not cap. It's real. <laughs> that's real stuff. We're real life detectives. We should drink one of these. After one of these? Should we? I mean, I don't know. We should crack it because it seems like Let's, we're double fisting tonight, okay. apparently. Happy Kokanee Monday. Happy Coke. Happy Happy Kokanee Claw Monday. Kokanee Claw Mondays. <laughs> That's a new thing. And then you cheers yourself, and oh. then you cheers, and then you cheers your pals. Mm. Mine kind of tastes like meat. After you that, know, I don't know if I particularly enjoy Kokanee, well, but you know what? We're here for. I'm here for it. Well, We're that was it. my gift to you, so you better Girl, I love enjoy it. it. Okay, should we rock paper scissors for real? Yep, let's do it. Okay, I'm gonna put that away now. Rock, paper, scissors. scissors. Slice. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, oh man. 2 and 0. Oh. 2 and 0. Oh. Because it takes it. Again, two weeks in a row. All right, Mom, enjoy her story. Bonnie. So, this story came from another fan friend, Jamie. Um, a request. So, thanks for that. So, this is the bizarre story of Art Williams, the wizard of Ladysmith. Have you heard of him? No. This is a very cool story. I'm excited. So it's an unsolved mystery from Vancouver Island in the little town of Ladysmith. And just so you guys know, Rebecca lives there. Wait, she lives in Ladysmith? Yeah. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I was thinking, what was it? Lanceville for some reason. Yes. Sorry. Take take that out. I knew you lived there. (laughs) Um, You know who else lives there? Pamela freaking Anderson. <laughs> That's she right. just moved back to take care of her mother. So, I don't know if you've heard. So I hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, uh, I also got a Snapchat from a friend of mine who I don't know if she is a fan of the pod. Her name is Danielle. We have talked about her before. She should be a fan. But I got a Snapchat of uh, Pamela Anderson buying food from the bakery in Lady Smith. So she was there and saw her. I guess so. And so she needed to Snapchat. She sna- still uses Snapchat. Danielle. Okay. Well, so, that's Danielle, why. I ratted you out, snapping Pamela <laughs> like a creep. But maybe if you listen to the pod, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do this to you. Yeah, you're gonna get it. <laughs> so, 
Arthur James Williams emigrated to Vancouver Island from England after World War II, and he settled in Ladysmith. He was an extremely intelligent man, and he actually designed an archery bow. That was his thing. And that gave him a name for himself, and he had sold them all over the world for about 20 years. And eventually, he went bankrupt. Oh, that's not working so hot for him anymore. Not so hot. And this sparked his um, distrust in the governments and institutions. He just had, like, a hate on after this. Gotta blame someone. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So this business ended in 1969. And he didn't have a very good repertoire with the local police. So he didn't like Pierre Trudeau, who was the Prime Minister of Canada at the time. And he wanted people to know that he had a hate on for the government, basically. For many years, he was linked to the local motorcycle gangs and their activities. He had started the BC Institute of Mycology. So that was a foundation set up to do research in the cultivation of mushrooms. And he had received a large grant from the government to start this foundation. Hmm. So then he built a pretty nice home consisting of a duplex, a barn, and many other buildings on his property. In 1972, art came under the eye of the U.S. Bureau of Drugs and Narcotics in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) all of a sudden... The U.S. Bureau of Drugs... What? The U.S. Bureau of Drugs and Narcotics. Like, so... The DEA, basically. Drug Enforcement Administration. The Drug Enforcement... That's that's what they are. The DEA is the Drug Enforcement Administration. Yeah. Okay. But these guys were in Detroit. The DEA had become suspicious of Art's large orders of isosophril, a chemical used to manufacture illicit drugs. They were looking into the illegal manufacturing of MDA, methylene dioxyamethamine, Which is meth. Which is MDA. Which is not meth. It's not meth. What's MDA? Methylene. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. It became a popular drug in the 60s, and it was the drug of choice on the West Coast. MDA was first manufactured in Germany in 1910, and the U.S. military experimented with a form of it as a truth serum during the 50s. And it became associated with the counterculture movement at the time and was referred to as the hug drug or (laughs) Sally. Okay. So nowadays there's MDMA, which is its cousin, I guess, and that's referred to as Molly. Molly, yeah, yeah, okay. Once ingested, it produces a highly stimulating and hallucinogenic state, even more so than MDMA. So the DEA began to track the purchases of one of the key ingredients, which was the isosophril. Right. Art's associate, Dale Elliott, had links to the biker gangs and through them connections to the drug trade on the West Coast. This is like a badass story, which I feel like you only see in the movies. I'm but surprised this happened. That we haven't heard, and I haven't heard about this in any way. I think there's like a lot of speculation about this story. There's probably not that much information. Well, there's actually a lot of information out there, but I'm surprised that I hadn't heard of it either. So Dale and Art became under investigation. A large shipment of isosophril was spotted and traced across the border from the U.S. to Art's mycology institution. So he was using this institution, I think, as the... um, Like a front? 
Yeah. yeah. This began one of the strangest and most expensive investigations into Art Williams and his institute. This investigation took five years. During this time, Art knew he was being watched and thus built the strangest fortress in Ladysmith. <laughs> so he's kind of an ideas guy. And the police had no idea how talented he actually was. But they surveilled his property for the five years. They bugged his phone. They read his mail. What year is this again? Uh, 70s. Yeah, okay. And then and they followed his every move. Eventually, an informant closed the door on this case. So the MDA needed gelatin capsules. So that's what you put the drug in because the gelatin, it dissolves when, right. it's, when it's swallowed. Yeah. And the police were able to dry up the supply for these capsules somehow. So when the informant approached Art with a supply offer, he immediately accepted it. So that's how they got that's pretty smart. The oh. ends, right? Yep. But Art didn't know that these capsules were being supplied by the RCMP, and each one actually had a special dye in them so they could trace them. Art also had his pilot's license and his own plane. The informant led the police to the Delta Airport, where he was supposed to meet Dale and Art to purchase a shipment of MDA. The informant paid $4,500 for the shipment, which was supplied by the RCMP, and they were trying to find out where Art was making the drugs at the time, but their time was running out. I mean, it had been five years already, mm-hmm. and I think he was just always one step ahead of them. So when that happened, charges were being prepared against Art and Dale, and teams were preparing for multiple raids of the properties. Another man, Raymond Ridge, was also involved in this drug operation. Raymond Ridge was arrested in his home in Ladysmith. Dale Elliott wasn't home. He lived in Duncan, and he actually fled and eluded his capture for an extended 18 months. But, unfortunately for Art, his back door of his duplex was unlocked, and the police came in through the back door, and Art and his wife and their two kids were sleeping and he woke up screaming and started yelling profanities at the officers (laughs) as they searched his home for about half an hour and there were booby traps everywhere oh man but the police were aware of them because art had two other labs constructed that had been destroyed so they knew like it's probably set up that if we do something wrong They'd we're going to lose he'd booby trapped his laboratory too Mm -hmm. can you imagine booby trapping your own house like, yeah. <laughs> I would fuck that up so quickly. I'm the, like, I remember booby trapping, like, putting the elastic band on the water <laughs> nozzle thing on the sink and then forgetting, like, 45 seconds later and spraying myself in the Seriously? chest. Yeah, I did that more than once. And you, who, who were you trying to like get? Like, my, my parents. I used to do it at work when I worked at the vet clinic. And, like, I didn't would. Didn't we do something like that to the water fountains at school? No, I didn't. Or like people did that, they I'm like sure clogged they... them, and then when you'd go to it would spray when you'd go to drink, it's... you'd get it like in the eye. Yeah, probably. I never did that, but I know that I would make a, pl- a prank like that, and then I would just forget immediately, and then get it on my. So if I booby trapped my house, <laughs> I mean, I think if you booby trapped your house, no, okay, well, no, no I'm, I would fuck that up. I think real I, quick. I think I could do that for sure. What about like two weeks later? If you've forgotten, I wouldn't. I have like a very visual, like photographic memory you have a photographic memory yeah that's a real thing yeah no it is a thing I'll remember where everything is but I can't remember what you told me like yesterday (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) but like if you read a book you can't like a textbook you're not photographic memory in that way Mm, if I were to look at a list of things like really quickly my brain would 
grab all the information. Fuck, man. You should have had straight A's in school. I don't really Take know, more right? mind photos. What's your problem? <laughs> I don't know. So the place was booby-trapped. They found ramps and staircases with counterweights and winches. A rooftop walkway led to another laboratory and a two-bedroom apartment. The doors were two and a half inches thick, protected by locks that no one had ever seen before. So I, he wow. probably constructed these locks. Yeah, he like engineered them and invented them and he, kept them only for himself. Yeah. That's insane. And so luckily they found a key, which <laughs> they said it's the weirdest key they've ever seen, to open the locks. Right. But if they didn't find the key, there's... Absolutely no way they would have been able to get into the door. Why the fuck did he hide the key door. better? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. They always make a mistake. Someone's always making a mistake. Yeah. So the lab they discovered was modern and it had air and water filters, the thermostat controlling the heat, ultraviolet light filters, and an electron microscope, which was valued at around $72,000. Wow. There was spring-loaded ladders and a narrow shaft leading to a storage area. This place was a booby trap jungle gym, but they could not find the manufacturing facility. So a later investigation, they had found shelves that had double sides. So when you tugged on it, they would swing back to reveal a solid steel door with two round keyholes. Holy shit. <laughs> right? They couldn't figure out how to open this damn door, but eventually <laughs> they this, they turned the two keyholes together and then it magically opened. It's and like then, Willy Wonka and the drug factory. I, yeah, right? So then upon opening, this vertical steel culvert was revealed with foot grips driven into the side. The top of the metal hatch which opened had led into a 10-foot square concrete room and at last, the MDA manufacturing facility Holy was found. Holy shit. So it was like through a trap door, down some stairs, into like a concrete room that you could only open with like the special way of opening the two. That's amazing. Together. I bet the cops that were doing this were just so stoked on it. Like It was probably super exciting. <laughs> Well, yeah, so when they walked into the room, I picture, like, a beam of light shining down, and they're, yeah, and they're just, like, smiling ear to ear. Yeah. High fives and low twos all around. <laughs> yeah. And then the place just explodes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> so there was more, way more crazy contra contraptions down there, but I'll just leave that up to your guys' imagination. There wasn't any drugs in production at the time, but traces of MDA were found in the water, splashing above the sink. So this was enough evidence to, to charge the gang. Was there? Did you get any photos of this? There's photos. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this investigation had been long, expensive, and friggin' painful for everyone involved. With the exception of Dale, still MIA hiding out, Art and Ray were arrested, but out on bail within two weeks. That was dumb. So the police pretty much destroyed the whole property looking for evidence. Because Art had his own plane, he was flying to Vancouver and back to see his lawyer, and he also had some property over there. On November 30th, 1977, Art Williams' plane supposedly crashed into the Georgia Strait upon returning from a meeting with his lawyer. Prior to the crash, he reported having problems with the plane. Apparently, he hated flying at night because it was dark, and he was up 2,500 feet after saying he would only be at about 1,000. So there's speculation that he went higher, you know, to maybe jump out of the plane. Oh. 
So when the plane crashed, it was reported that Art had died. But ever since, then the world had these speculations that it was a setup and he had parachuted down despite the fact that he hated water and was a bad swimmer. Yeah, but if you if you want to survive, you're going to just take, you know, you're going to take the plunge. Exactly. That's I feel like that's totally believable that if he can do all this other shit, he can also... Oh, 100%. Yeah. So Raymond Ridge was convicted of drug trafficking and sentenced to five years, but an appeal and a new charge for conspiracy resulted in, in him only serving less than a year. Dale Elliott was eventually found on a boat in the Linwood Marina in North Vancouver. He didn't go very far. It's like, I'll just go to Vancouver and hang out. Yeah. In um, 1979, and he had grown a huge beard. That was his disguise. <laughs> They'll never know. Yeah. And he was busy setting up a drug lab in North Van. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So when he was found, he was arrested, and the next morning, the, the police found him without a beard. Apparently, overnight, he had plucked out the hairs one by one Holy from his shit. face. And they were like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, I, didn't, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Ouch. 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 <laughs> like that's some serious. I'd be like, you know what? That's that's you've paid enough now. You can go. <laughs> yeah. That must have hurt a lot. Art had left behind his wife and a and considerable property. On March seventh, nineteen seventy nine, Margaret Catherine Williams, his wife, had disappeared without a trace, and all her personal belongings were still in the house. Several months later, she was declared missing. Right. Within two years, the property was up for sale and was advertised as a virtual fortress. The new owners set up tours, charging admission. I was going to say that we could go there, but... Do you have the address? I have... Yeah, I'll get to where it is. Okay. Um, so Art continued to haunt this place. Strange phone calls from Art's workers would call and say that he was still alive, like all hours of the day, to the new owners. And then the couple eventually separated and moved, and like right, right after that happened, on April 1st at 7.55 p.m., flames were seen coming from the house. Two men were seen leaving with what was thought to be gasoline cans, and this was like the final page of the story, I think. The barn and fortress remained, but on Thursday, November 19th, 1981, the remaining building burnt to the ground. The neighbors were stoked because they were tired of living beside it. It was speculated that Art's old associates had done this as they were being released from jail. The mystery still remains. Did Art Williams fake his death? What happened to his wife? And who torched the property? So you can drive south of Ladysmith to West Down Road, and there's part of the decaying barn still resting there. I feel like we should, we should definitely. On our way on our trip on Wednesday, this is another stop we need to make. Yeah. I would love to see that. So many books um, were written and movie and films were actually made from this story. And then I found a Reddit forum discussion about this. And some of the theories are that Art and his wife are in hiding. But like I said, it was a lot easier in those days to go into hiding than it would be now. It reminds me of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was described as, as um, Walter White of that, like, his time. That's crazy. Yeah, right? And some people think that he owed the bikers money and was actually killed. Mm. And then they came for his wife afterwards. But nevertheless, it still remains a mystery. That's a great story. It is, it's cool, right? No, it is. I've never heard anything like this, and I 
I kind of want to know more even. Like, yeah. You know, like I, there's tons of articles. There's a, There was a book or two, I think two, maybe two books written. I need the book. And um, I'll get that from you after. That's, yeah. Or if you can, we'll post it maybe for everybody. Let's post it. That's amazing. Yeah. So cool. Like, I love I love stories like that. I can't I wait just to ask. Like, for my, imagine my, if that was your dad. I know. <laughs> no, you know? I don't know if I'd feel cool about that. But I don't want to look kind of like a badass. I kind of, I want to ask my or dad your grandpa? He, if he's known about this because I feel like. It was more his time. Well, he yeah, he would have been. It would have been. A, he would have been, been a teenager big, when yeah. this was going. It would have been big news for sure. Oh, that's freaking cool. So I got my information from the Ladysmith Historical Society .ca, a Vice article that didn't have a date, and then read it, and that's museum. Amazing, well done, and thank you. Sorry, who was that? That Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, yeah. Jamie. That was. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, that was thoroughly enjoyable and interesting. Well done. Sweet. Tis time for the break. Break, 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 break. Oh, get the air in here. Hi, it's Rebecca from Radio Free Stories. This week's shout out goes to the Ladysmith Bakery. The Ladysmith Bakery is where you can get a sweet treat for getting a sweet treat. Enjoy the rest of the show. I am, I gravitate towards really cool labels on wine bottles. Like, I will stand there and just, like, admire mm-hmm. the art on some of them. And I do that with beer now, too. Yeah, some really beer cool really beer sucks labels. me in. And every time I've picked a beer based on its rad cover or the Have can, you been disappointed every time. Every, every single time. fucking time. <laughs> yeah. So the catchy name and the label definitely works for me. I will buy it once because of that, but... Never twice. Not if it sucks. No. Then you're just wasting your... But wine never disappoints, and the labels are red. Some wine disappoints. I bought an Italian red wine, and I like I, I, I will drink anything. I couldn't drink it. Get out of here. Yeah. You should have brought just so we could like taste it how there horrible was, it was. It was it I'm was willing awful. to do that for I you. I can't even remember what it was. I don't think I... I, blo- I blocked it out of my memory, probably. That's weird. Do you think something was wrong with it? No, I just think it was a weird ass blend. <laughs> Fuck you and your weird ass blends. Yeah, Italy. God damn it, but Italy. Thank Get you. your wine right. <laughs> but thank you for your pizza. <laughs> Cause that's the best invention on the freaking planet. Okay. Give okay. her sis. Aw. <laughs> what? I don't think you've ever called me sis, sis? before. Aw. Well, you're my sis. Huh. <laughs> Do you like that? Hit deep. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> Cute. Okay. I am doing my story on sleep paralysis. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit, you guys. Do you know what sleep paralysis is? I do. Have you experienced it before? One time that I can remember. Really? Okay. Yes. Do you want to share it? I'll, I'll share it. I was, um, I think, in grade 9 or 10. I remember I was having a nap. <laughs> of course. And I woke up. My blanket, my blanket was over my head. I remember waking up. And I couldn't, like, pull it down. And then I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I was, like, trying to get the blanket off of my face. But I couldn't do it. And I was, like, freaking out. And then I came to and I, like, moved and I, like, gasped for air. But it felt like 10 minutes. But it was probably only, like, a minute. But terrifying. Yes. Yes. I have also had this uh, episodes like that. I've had probably, I'm going to say, like, seven in my life. Wow. But starting with about... Yeah, grade eight, grade nine, like that. I wasn't younger than that. 
but I'm going to read a bit more before I talk about those. Okay. Um, okay, so sleep paralysis is caused by an overlap of uh, REM sleep and wakefulness. Um, so REM sleep is your deep sleep. Stands for a rapid eye movement. I think most people know yeah. that. Um, and so the transition either into sleep or out of sleep is when this can happen. I'm not going to go deep into the science of it because I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but you could be. I could be if I wanted, but I don't. Sleep paralysis is a state during waking up or falling asleep in which a person is aware but unable to move or speak. Do you remember if you were able to open your eyes? My eyes were open. Your yeah. eyes were open. And yeah. could you hear? I, I think I could hear. Okay. Yeah. Is that No, I'm just, I am just. was just curious. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people often hallucinate during these episodes, and they can last for a couple of minutes. And so when you're paralyzed, a couple of minutes definitely feels like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sleep paralysis can be a symptom of narcolepsy, obstructive sleep apnea, sleep deprivation or psychological stress, or even alcohol use. Mm-hmm. So I like to think, well, I mean, when I was in grade eight, I didn't drink, obviously, and I don't have narcolepsy or sleep apnea. So I'm thinking it was either sleep deprivation as a, you know, a teenager or even stress. Right. Yeah, that has caused any of my episodes. Treatment options have been poorly studied because the condition itself is generally not serious, although it's terrifying. Um, No one has ever, there's no reported deaths from this. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, cognitive behavioral therapy and antidepressants have been proven to help. People have reported to hear sounds such as humming, hissing, buzzing, or static during sleep paralysis. Being unable to move, the feeling of pressure on their chest is commonly reported. Mm -hmm. These symptoms are quite naturally are accompanied by intense feelings of fear and panic. Now, if that doesn't sound scary enough, because it is, many people experience a much more terrifying type of episode. Some sufferers experience hypnagogic hallucinations, such as supernatural creature that's suffocating or terrifying them, accompanied by the pressure of something on top of them, which causes them difficulty breathing. That is so scary. Other hallucinations involve a menacing shadowy figure entering their room or lurking outside their window while they are paralyzed. Ew. Okay, can I interrupt with a question? Y'all. Is that your experience then? No. So I have had, yeah, multiple episodes. I've never experienced any sort of demonic presence or shadowy figure. My first one, I was a teenager. I, I was napping also on a couch. And I know my dad entered the room, and I think that's what woke me suddenly. But I remember being able to see him, but I could not move. I, could, I felt like I could not breathe. And I was trying to call him, and I was, it was absolutely terrifying. Like, to the point when I could finally move, I literally ran, like, crying to him and tried to explain what had just happened, that I couldn't move or breathe. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've had you know, several since, and I, and I haven't had one for a long time. But I do know now that it's like I'm very aware what's happening, that I'm awake, but I can't move yet. And I just try to not panic. It's really hard to do. But I wiggle my toes. That's the first thing I feel like I can move. And once I can do that, I can kind of wake myself up. Um, But it's absolutely terrifying. I'm thankful, though, that that surprises me. I know it's not tied into any. Oh, man. If I if I had that plus some thing lurking at me, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I'd handle that very well. It's terrifying without spooky figures staring at you or sitting on your chest. Gross. Okay, so a nightmare is what we know. We know that as a bad dream or an unpleasant dream. But that word actually doesn't mean that. 
It is rooted back to like 1300, an old English uh, word. Mare means mythological demon or goblin who torments others with frightening dreams. Oh my the word has been so has been traced to the 1300s. It is also known as a female spirit or monster supposed to settle on and produce a feeling of suffocation in a sleeping person or animal. What? Yeah. So nightmare really is sleep paralysis. I think that's what it was back. You know that oh, was was known okay. as. So in folklore, a nightmare is a demonic night spirit of oppression. The Latin word for nightmare is incubus. Incubus is a Latin word, and it means a demon in a male form who, according to mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon a sleeping female to engage in sexual activity with them. What? A succubi is the female version of this. So oh, that's why when guys call women, like, succubus. Yeah, that's, that's what, what that, that is. is. Yeah, I've never heard a, a guy say that. But I've that, heard women be called succubus Then you should before. kick that person directly in the testicles <laughs> okay. when they say that next time. That's really gross. Um, incubare is a, it means to lie upon or weigh upon so that is where incubus comes from interesting right in medieval europe union with an incubus was supposed to cause the birth of witches demons and deformed offspring so in philippine folklore they speak of a vengeful demon called the badabat hmm. it takes form of an ancient grotesquely obese tree-dwelling female spirit what? This is crazy. I love this. Okay, so this spirit lives in trees. And when trees are cut down by humans to make their houses, the Badabat moves to inhabit what is left of its tree, which is now someone's house, right? Whoa. They do not tolerate humans sleeping near their posts, and so it, it comes into it, it changes into its true form, which is this grotesquely obese female spirit, and it attacks the person by suffocating them and invading their dream space, causing sleep paralysis what? and waking nightmares. It is said to ward off the Badabat, one should wiggle their toes, and that's the only way I can get out of my dream, by the way, wiggle their toes to awaken from the nightmare that is induced by the Badabat. That is freaky. When I read that one, that's how you get out of it, and then that's what works for me. I was like, well, that's weird that's gross i'm actually like a little bit spooked right now yeah which it doesn't like it's hard for me to get spooked well i mean the stories are crazy but the fact that like i've you've been through this i have been through this Mm -hmm. it's not it's not actually uncommon but i did also read that only three to six percent of the public experience sleep paralysis that is not tied into like narcolepsy or something really yeah so i thought it was a lot more common than that right and based on I mean, I I joined a, a sleep paralysis Facebook group and a whole Actually? bunch of yeah to get just to get more info okay. and all these different people's stories. So there's a lot of people that suffer from this. I right. think it's really common to have one episode, maybe not multiple. Right. Another common hallucination is the Hat Man. What? I've seen pictures of the Hat Man. You don't you don't want to see the Hat Man in your sleep. Hat Man is a highly reported vision people have during these episodes. He is dark as a shadow, featureless, and wears a hat and invokes terror and dread in all who sees him, leaving them paralyzed. Is that like, um, remember that Babadook movie? Is that the Hat Man? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That movie's based, I think, off of the Hat Man in Sleep Paralysis. Crazy. Sleep Paralysis is common in all cultures almost every everywhere i looked had its their own name for this stuff in moroccan it's called a bow ratat in north american english like anglophone north american and english folklore it's old hag or a night hag it's all over the world mm-hmm. that there's a name for 
the hallucinations you see or what's causing these And they're generally houses. always the same one. A demon or something. But they all look the same. No, okay. some are so some are like the the fat tree lady. Some are But I mean like you'll see the fat tree lady in North America, but they'll also see her like somewhere else in the world. Yeah, I think they'll see them all over the world. That's so crazy. I'm going to read some experiences that I had collected. So this is from a user on Reddit who posted to the forum I'm in. I was by myself in the apartment. I usually sleep on my side, but I fell asleep on my back early this morning. So I've read that sleeping on your back it can, is that one makes of the sense, precursors for it. Because I was on my back. I heard breathing in my ear, and I could practically feel it on the side of my face. In the corner of my eye, I saw a pale lady with black stringy hair, and I tried to yell, go away, but I couldn't breathe. She wasn't on me, but she was on the side of my bed. A few minutes later, or what felt like it, I woke up and my heart rate was extremely fast, and I turned on the TV so that there was some noise in the background. I went back to sleep, and when I woke up, I thought it was a dream until I saw the TV was on. I was scared shitless, to say the least. I usually have sleep paralysis whenever I sleep on my back. Whoa. So that's creepy. I have another one. The title of this is, When I learned how to avoid the hallucinations, the grabbing and groping started. I'm Excuse a long, me? <laughs> I'm a long-time sufferer of sleep paralysis, and I've gotten experience enough to know to close my eyes so I don't see scary things. The problem is, after doing this for a couple of years, the sleep paralysis demons now grab at my stomach and <sighs> hips and private parts. I can feel them touching me, and sometimes it hurts bad. It's sometimes worse than seeing someone or something in my room. What? Yeah. That's a real thing? Well, I mean, yeah. Whoa. For some people, I think that's what they think they experience. That's so crazy. hallucinations can be visual. They right. can be audible. They can. You, this could be something you're smelling, even but tasting like and feeling. Like, yeah. Really? So they can be, yeah, it's an all-body it experience. Right. It's not just a visual thing. Wow. That poor person, imagine that. It makes you a little afraid to go to sleep. So I watched a really interesting video on YouTube created by Quartz News. It's season one, episode 16, called Hatman. And the lady that does this collects stories from people that suffer from sleep paralysis and see the Hatman from all over the world. Whoa. So if you want to check that out, it's pretty good. I also got information from Wikipedia, Britannica.com, Merriam-Webster.com, Reddit forums, and Stuff You Should Know podcast episode on October 25th, 2016, called How Sleep Paralysis Works. So crazy. Yes. Very crazy. There's a, I think a, a docuseries on Netflix or Amazon about sleep paralysis. I started watching it, but, the, the, but then I stopped because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like you're scared of it? Yeah, I don't know what, it's like something about for me for like my sleep is very like sacred to me and I don't want to like, like, like I risk it or, or yeah, like jinx it almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can literally watch the scariest movie and be fine, but something about sleep paralysis or like those like demons coming in or whatever, like it, it, it actually terrifies me a little bit. You know what's scary to me is it's something that we can track it all the way back to, you know, 1300 and before I'm sure that this is an experience humans have been having for a long, long time and we are still suffering from the same thing mm -hmm. and how many people, I'm fortunately not one of them, but how many people have experienced something that isn't as simple as I can't move because I'm still sleeping. To, it's like, a lot more extreme. It's so, yeah. I wonder if the people that experience like the demons and stuff are 
they're they have like a religious background i've actually yeah that's did you look into that in the stuff you should know podcast they touch on that that people that have that you know belief system already that is something that they see okay commonly because that so that, that would make sense, sense to me too yeah yeah wow great great story darla i really do enjoy that thanks hey you know that's what i'm here for yeah we're here for the goods yeah the giggles and the facts if you're enjoying this more rate. share the love share the love share the love you guys spread that shit we've been getting <laughs> we've been getting some great reviews yes we have and we appreciate every single one they're of them they're so funny um i read them so i can fall asleep at night <laughs> just Aww. joking no i'm just kidding guys. we also have been getting some story requests so keep those coming yes we cause... are reading them all don't think we're not listening uh because we're... we are we are. We're putting them on the list. We love it. And again, hey, contact us. You want some sweet Radio Face swag? Just let us know, you guys. Yeah, we got swag coming. We're we're, uh, we're waiting for the requests, so bring it. Bring it. Yeah. Get it. Go on, Go get, now, get it. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.